This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, and even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Mediasplode, episode 10. Fanboy Media Splode. It's a new year. It's a new Media Splode. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello, Connor. And Josh Flanagan. New year, new you. New us. This is the iFanboy Media Splode show, unlocked by the patrons over at patreon.com slash iFanboy. It's our monthly show in which we talk about things outside of the comic book world that we've enjoyed since the last time we talked. And actually, it's been a while since we talked because we skipped December because we did our big year in media I show. I would say we skipped it. I mean, like no. that, that, that was, I mean, yeah. Let's we not did our big year in media show, which took the place of the, this show. Because it's basically the same content. So we're back to talk about... By a factor of three. ...what we've been enjoying. And we figured we would start the normal way, which is go over some of the things we've been enjoying, and then we're going to get into our main topic, which I'm very excited to talk about. We haven't even talked about amongst ourselves yet. So let's start with Josh. What have you been enjoying since we last spoke? My wife and I, we started watching The Americans uh, in the aftermath of... Perry Mason and and it's it's joy the joy of Perry Mason and it's horrible scary scary content um, besides that uh, so we started from the very beginning and we had both made attempts to watch it 
in the past and it just didn't catch on for whatever reason, but we stuck with it. And, you know, every night we watch a couple of them. It took months. It's like 23 episodes a season. Six. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's six seasons and there really is a bit at the beginning. It very much is like the caper of the week thing, which, you know, is kind of fun, but it gets old really fast. And so when they sort of figured out how to turn it into, you know, a larger story and, and really, get to know the characters and all those relationships being interweaved. You know, that last season really was spectacular. The second two seasons, the last two seasons were really great. And that last one was just over the top. And I had known it basically this started because I was like, I would like to see more of Matthew Reese and understand what's so great about it. Cause I, it's great. And I was like, why is it great? And I think, and Connor had mentioned, he's like, yeah, he won an Emmy for the last season. And so I was kind of waiting for it. And I could totally see it. Like right, as soon as the season started, and it was this. The, I, I don't know. If, I, I don't want to spoil it. So I guess if you've seen it. You know, you know his situation changed greatly, and he was a completely different person. Mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning of that season, and then you sort of watch them go through everything that happens, and uh, it was really, it was, it was a heck of a, it was fun. It was a really good. You know, if there has to be a good pandemic TV project, I thought that was a, that was a particularly nice choice. I think that we made that we we go through that stuff and. You know, it, it's got that also like, oh, they're in the 80s. There's this. And you're sort of comparing that to history. There were some really nice guest star turns. Dylan Baker is actually one of my favorite parts of that whole show as he comes on as sort of the, the Russian spy in the in the biochemical weapons labs right. and, and uh, stuff like that. And then, and also, you know, the whole time you watch it and, and they're acting like this. And then, then you pull up one interview with Matthew Reese and, all, and it all falls apart because he doesn't sound like that at all. In any way, he's a completely different person. And then at the same time, you're watching going, so they got married to each other right after the first season. Yeah. So there's that weird thing. Oh, and, it's even you know, weirder. She was, with, she was married to somebody else in the beginning of the first season. Yeah, I know. With kids and stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, like the big conversation we were having at the end, like, is she a sociopath or is Who? he? Like, he wants to be... Is the Elizabeth the social? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Russell. No, no, no. The character. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, <laughs> And, and, you know, there's this whole morality thing that you're always playing with. Like, it, it was like you for is Stan a bad guy at times or is he good? Like, it, it, I really enjoyed that. You play with sort of who you, who, you know, because we, we all grew up in America in the 80s. The Russians were the bad guys and the show that fucks with you. Oh, yeah. Who do you who do you root for? Because the heroes yeah. of the show are the bad guys. It's not heroes as much as there are protagonists and it shifts around and it. It was, it was a really fun show. It is one of those shows that became stronger as it kept going. I think it's a little like like Halt and Catch Fire is that you want to tell somebody it's really good, but you're going to have to put in some work to get to that point, I think. I, I think that was great out of the gate. It was one of my favorite shows of the last 10 years or whatever, however yeah. long it ran, ran for. I always let it build up, though, for whatever reason, and then I would watch like six in a row. I think that that kind of thing helps with that. I've never watched a single episode. It's been on like the periphery, but after Mason and the... Mr. Rogers movie, I think now, like, it, like he seems to be enough to be like, okay, I should check that out. And she's great in it, too. I mean, it's very, yeah. it's a she very uncarry yeah, Russell no. part, you know? She is in the fact, you know, the thing that I kept thinking towards the end is that she's the heavy, by the way. Just, like, she's much scarier than anybody else in that show. Yeah. And she's this tiny, slight person. and And she's genuinely, like, by force of her basically like her intimidation and how she holds herself uh she's really sort of scary which i think is really interesting because you know she's a tiny little person yeah. she probably wouldn't look scary at all in person but she really carries it off and i, I just you know that this show's worth it for their really weird fascinating relationship and i keep forgetting she's in star wars she is yeah she yeah. was in the last one she was in the last one she was the the Paul uh Dameron's girlfriend yeah, with the mask, with the oh. helmet. You don't see her face, just her eyes. Yeah. That didn't make much of an impact on me, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Well, she was in it. She was there. Oh, that's because J.J. Abrams? Yeah. Exactly. Ron, what have you been watching? I'm super excited. Well, so we had a bit of a lull because, you know, with the holidays and, and for those, you know, uh, not, I don't know how we know or not, we moved over the holidays. So we moved out of our apartment into a new house. So, you know, the TV's been disconnected for a while and then didn't have internet, all that fun stuff. And then it was the holidays too. And we were watching just holiday things, but um, we're still plugging along. We're all, I think I'm two episodes away from finishing Star Trek Discovery, but I can't wait to finish Star Trek Discovery because I just started watching 
The Expanse season five on Amazon, which, you know, longtime listeners know The Expanse is not only one of Connor and my favorite book series. Oh, Josh, you're caught, you're caught up. You yeah. read them, right? Yeah. yeah. So one of one of all of our favorite book series, but big fans of the TV show as well. And I'm early into the season. Connor, have you watched any of it? Or No, I don't. I don't think I watched the last season either. Oh jeez! Oh well. really? Yeah, that was strange. my least favorite. The show is what it is. I don't. I, don't I, I I enjoy the show, but I don't really. I never. Really... You never got. You never got over the Holden casting. <laughs> he's the big part of the story, and he's not that. No, I know, I know, and you didn't like he's that casting. Better. So, yeah, he's gotten so. better. So, Josh, you've watched more of season five than I have. I want right? to say I'm four or five in. Okay, they're spending that Amazon money. They like, certainly are, but they're also a... doing like like three or four books. No, season. no, I'm not. I know. I, I, yeah, you're right. They're they condensing a lot of the books. Because well, there's, they there's have one to, more season, right? Isn't they're getting? Yeah, yeah, one more, one more season. But I, I do got to say, it's like noticeably increased effects budget. Yeah, I guess you're right. You're like sci-fi to Amazon, they're going to definitely yeah, increase. Vi- the yeah, visibly, visibly notice that like visibly looks dip, looks better. Mm-hmm. I was I've been impressed by that, but I it it happens to be covering one one of the books that I think is our Josh our shared kind of one of our favorite books of them all where like the kind of everyone kind of scatters and yeah that's, their own that's like everybody's favorite book yeah yeah, yeah. and so um so it's, it's been also where the story if the story permanently changes in that in that book yeah the whole status quo of the story of the story changes in that book in the books is that the one that in this season right like no not yet. Yet. It's not yet the next one oh. it's the one right okay. after this one. yeah yeah I wonder if they're gonna do that I hope so that'd be funny in their like fat suits like fat liadama <laughs> you love fat liadama that's like <laughs> it's so ridiculous like there was no reason to do it it was just like it was it was literally made as much sense as fat mac on on sunny yeah <laughs> well what was great was that fat liadama was a suit and fat mac on it's always sunny he gained that weight I, he, sh- he should win some sort of all-time emmy award for that one thing Amazing. alone yeah, it's agreed. it's one of the funniest things i've ever conceived of <laughs> but expanse i'm so happy it's back i got some good solid science fiction to watch once i finish discovery and now it looks better than ever so uh yeah strongly recommend <laughs> so very similar to ron i moved over the break so that derailed a lot of stuff plus much like ron christmas time came and that during that time i pretty much only watch christmas movies and other things so my other watching pretty much stopped for the month of december but we're still breaking our way through Psych. We got three episodes left in the series, and then we have the two films. Second film I haven't seen yet, but for some random reason, in the middle of all that, we watched. It was a four-episode BBC, I think, BBC series. It was on PBS here, called Roadkill, starring Hugh Laurie about a ambitious Ooh. minister in the British government who is trying desperately to keep his skeletons in his closet as he climbs the ladder of political power in, in a conservative government in England, and it was really good. I love a British drama. I love a British government drama, and it was full of great actors. But it's one of those things where you're watching it, and you're like, who am I rooting for here? Because the press people are all awful, and the minister's awful, but is he? And it's also only four episodes. It moves really fast, and it, and it condenses. I don't know if there's going to be more. It's one of those things where you, you, you just don't know now. Like, are they going to do another four mm-hmm. episodes? Who knows? When are they going to shoot it? Did you guys watch that? What was it called? The one with, the one with Hugh Grant? Yeah. The Amazon one where mm-hmm. he was... That one was, I can't remember the name of it, but that was fantastic with yeah. him. Oh, and, was that um, the scandal? Like a, 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 very, yeah, a very, very English scandal. scandal. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. 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 It's, it's similar to that, fantastic. like the same kind of length, one more episode, but the same kind of thing. British government scandal story. It, was, what's the time? Is there, is it like. This is modern, you know, set now. It's, oh, okay. Yeah. It's basically him trying to keep a lid on all of his possible things as his family life falls apart. That he's gaining political power. It's a nice little four episode, I think they're an hour each. Hmm. What was it? It's called Roadkill. PBS. Watch it on the PBS app. That PBS app is a is a wonderful thing. I'll tell you that much. Yep. That was it for me. Other than you know, we can go through all the Christmas movies again, but we did that last time, so we won't do it this time. I'm at the point now where yeah, no, let's uh, let's move on. Let's wait till next Thank year. That was a joke. This, this was year, joke. but I'm at the point. I'm at the point now where I, I keep seeing movies or shows coming up. I'm like, oh, I want to watch that, and I immediately forget about it. Yes. On Am- well, it's just too much. Yeah, there's too much. But uh, on Amazon, they had the they had a movie that was like One Night in Miami or whatever it is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I heard good things about that. Yep. And then what is the new Carrie Mulligan movie? I'm hearing very good things about that too. A promising young woman. So that's been added to my list. I'm hopefully going to watch those and can report back next month on them. We're going to devote the rest of our time, but we wanted to talk about the Mandalorian. Which ended deep in December, right? It ended December 18th. 
And uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about it amongst ourselves. We haven't had a chance to talk about it with anyone else. We thought we'd talk about overall season two in general and what, what our thoughts were. So spoilers if you haven't seen season two of Mandalorian because there's no way to talk about some of the bigger things here without spoiling them. So season two came out at the end of October. Uh, was was it eight episodes again? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And so in season one, you had the Mandalorian and you had the child. And we kick off season two back on Tatooine. And he runs into Raylan Givens, Boba Fett Marshall, wearing Boba Fett's old armor. And away we go from that point. So what did you guys think overall about season two? What I thought was interesting was that what made season one of Mandalorian so great was that it existed within the Star Wars universe, but didn't connect to anything we've already known up to this point, other than just the concept of Mandalorians, right? Mm -hmm. And then season two... And Yodas, right, and Yodas, and whatever they are. Yaddles, Yaddles. (laughs) Season two, on the other hand, leaned heavily into the Star Wars universe. Jump in the deep end. And while reading it on paper, running down the list of all the, you know, Ashoka, Boba Fett, Starbuck, Mandalorian, and all, all, all the Dave Filoni verse, you know, cartoon stuff and stuff like that, on paper would have me kind of like, Ugh. but I got to admit, the approach to storytelling that they made with season one worked in season two with all the connections to the Star Wars universe, ultimately leading to the climax, which is the big, like, mind-blowing thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that at the very end. Yeah, we'll get we'll, that, yeah. We'll devote some time to that. But with the rare exception of, you know, the, I know Josh is going to complain about the Spider episode, but with, like, two episodes dragging on longer than they needed to when he was, like, delivering the frog lady – it was just like it was it was a plus for me. It was just every week we couldn't wait till we watched the next episode. It was like musty TV, so it was great. I'm not complaining about the spider episode. It's just that my son refused to watch it anymore after that one. No, I, I, yeah, I, I mean it was a lot of people said that it was it was it was downright scary. It was very they 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 played into the genre piece of it, and that was like a horror, and that was rough for some kids. So yeah, it was a weird or anyone with arachnophobia. It's a weird thing where yeah. so many kids. It seemed like such an entryway, but it, regardless, like it was scary and well done you know it was well done for what it was uh, content choice being what it was uh, yeah i think i don't i don't know that i made that connection but i guess it was really like leaning into star wars but i think because it had it had already set its own aesthetic i felt that it kept up with that and it was decided that one of the things that i love the most about that show is that you know, it starts off in, I guess I'll call him Mando. I don't love that, but I don't want to say the whole thing. I don't even know his real name. It's Din or something? We don't. D- Din Djarin. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, we know it. We just, no one calls him that. <laughs> well, we, we know we know the child's name, too. You know, and at first he's, you know, super competent. He goes in there. And, and then then he really gets like a, he's like, ugh. He's got a whole sighing thing that happens now. And he gets the shit beat out of him. And things just keep not going right for him. Yeah. You know, and things keep getting harder. And, I, and I, I really found that fun. It was like a a low-key sort of running gag. Uh, we watched um, – I've watched all the way through it, and I've watched through it twice because um, I was watching with my wife. And she we were on the last episode. She hasn't seen the last episode. So we just did um, the one where Bill Burr comes back, and they, you know, they go to the Rebel base – or sorry, the Empire base. And, and, you know, he just gets the shit beat out of him by all the people throwing the bombs at them and, and everything. And – that, what a great episode. And all, like when Bill Burr was on it originally, I thought, this is terrible. He does not belong. It was my least favorite episode of that season. It, that really, it really reclaimed him. It really did. Like as yeah, a character, yeah. they gave him something to do. You sort of got over the fact that you were looking at Bill Burr all the time, which is what I couldn't, you know, I'm very familiar with Bill Burr. So it was just, <laughs> just be like, <laughs> what's Jerry Seinfeld doing here? Like it, it just <laughs> took me a little bit to get out of it, but then, you know, they gave him a character that gave us a good story. You know, the, the drama of him having to take his mask off, you know, and do the whole thing, which is ironic. Now that I think about it, I like that this season, it sort of peeled back on the idea that maybe his ethos is not, I like cracked up to be like the first season was all about the code. This is the way code. This is the way. And this one is all about people being like, your code is dumb. You know, your code doesn't even make sense. Your code doesn't even follow it on Mandalore. Like it's like his whole worldview is being, I don't say shattered, but it's being questioned. So by the time you get to this end of the season, it's like, who who is he anymore? Even that's been a nice little undercurrent to this whole season between Bill Burr's character and the other Mandalorian characters. And 
the baby and all that and Boba Fett and all that stuff. It's true because like he, you know, in the beginning he is a bounty hunter. He is the bounty hunter. He's not even that anymore. Now he's got a quest. Right. That's his job. And, and the sort of, you know, he didn't spend the whole season being annoyed at the, at the child. You know, the, I mean, their bond I mean, grows. Th- one of the amazing feats of this show, I think, is how you're able to take what is a puppet and a helmet mm-hmm. and create an emotional bond to yeah. the point where, like, I'm choked up numerous times mm-hmm. on the way this puppet and this helmet are interacting with each other. <laughs> like, you know, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's, it's almost embarrassing, right? Like, it's <laughs> it, there's there is somewhere in there some magic of storytelling that I don't know that I can put my finger on. Like, is it, you know, the puppeteer plus the, you know, plus the voice acting, plus the tilting of the head, plus the story, like all of those things are mixed together to allow that thing to happen. And and let's not, you know, mince words. No one can resist the Grogu. (laughs) No, no, one. no, you can be the most cold hearted bastard in the world and they will cut to him and he will make a sound and something about that design and and, the and by the way, I will I, I can further attest to it because my so my kids are two mm-hmm. and they know nothing of this world of this universe. And in um in our old apartment, the doorman got one of those, you know, the Hasbro came out with like the with the real size uh, doll. Mm-hmm. animatronic doll and he got one of them and he was put in there there's a little tree in our lobby where he put christmas lights in and he put grogu in the tree and the first from the first moment those kids saw it they were in love and every time we went around we had to go play with it and they would crack up and i was like oh god there's something chemical here like <laughs> oh, like, totally. like, like, like they've tapped into something that is like these are 2 year olds with no context whatsoever and they cannot get enough of this thing yeah i mean there's that side which is that's obvious like but then the other side is like adults can't even get over themselves yeah, like yeah. everybody it is it is like uh, yeah it's you're right it's something about it's chemical and just like some base design of eyes and head shape and movement yeah. it's amazing i don't know how they did it and i think you know the, i think the overall thing is for you know it seems to be working for everybody in some way but i think for us it's like star wars and i think if we're then gonna you know this is like this is the star wars that we've wanted to see ever since there wasn't any more star wars i, I think it, there's something that they're getting right so that brings if i may if we can move into as we get to the last episode well hold on not, not the last episode yet because there's a lot of things before we get to the last episode we haven't talked about boba fett we haven't talked about i don't i don't want to talk about him we used to talk about the fact that this was the boba fett show we always wanted and now it is a boba fett show and now there's going to be a boba fett show so we've we've now gone beyond the pale of where we, we started with yeah. this when Ron talked about jumping in the deep end, so we've got two paths here. One is the reintroduction of classic Star Wars characters like Boba Fett. And the other path is the introduction of all the animated characters like uh, Ahsoka. Is that how you say her name? Ahsoka. Yeah. yeah. And then the other ones who are currently, apparently are animated characters. But, uh, now, depending on your age and point of view or whatever, that's all the same thing to them. They're all just characters coming into this now. Right, no, but we we draw a distinction because it's like because and 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 it's also pointing out that Dave Filoni, who show ran a lot of the cartoon stuff, is co-showrunner on this show with um with Favreau and seems to be the Lucas heir apparent yep. in terms of at least in the current politics of what's going on in Lucasfilm, and so of you know it comes to no surprise knowing that Mandalorian had so many ties to the cartoons, which is admittedly a blind spot to me. And I talk about this. I have I have several staff members uh, on my team at work who are in their 20s who grew up on the prequels and then the cartoons and so they were losing their shit throughout this whole season because of so many nods to the cartoons and and i was just like what the hell are you all talking about yeah and so that like starbucks character they're explaining to me all this stuff in the dark saber and all this stuff and i'm like yeah none of this exists as far as i'm concerned (laughs) right like i'm like because and 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 they're like well just because you haven't watched it doesn't mean it doesn't exist i'm like no no it does no i was kidding no but i was saying like they're that like for whatever (laughs) generation or like our you know like us like i haven't watched it i've seen i've seen bits and pieces of the clone wars and of you know other uh, you know i didn't watch any rebels i didn't watch any of this stuff i know it exists Exists, and it's cool that it's all being melded in for the next generation. But as old man Star Wars, I'm just like, I was just like, well, Boba Fett got fat. <laughs> <laughs> and he sounds wrong. Yeah. Okay. So in the first episode, we meet the Marshal 
uh, who is wearing Boba Fett's armor, and he's a, he's a marshal of some out, outskirt town. And at the end of it, we see a little cameo of Tamura. Tamara Morrison. Tamara Morrison, who played Django Fett in the prequels, and was clearly, you know, since Boba was a clone of Django, God damn it. Painful. He, he doesn't even like talk. I hate everything about it. So, obviously, <laughs> hey, it's Boba Fett. He looks like a man of the desert. You know, he had the rags and the staff. I did like that. Like, if we're saying that after the Sarlacc pit, you know, he had to live among the land, and he got real down with the sand people, and yeah. he has the gaffy stick. I'm cool with that. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty that cool. Was, that was that was pretty cool. And so then I thought, oh, it's a nice nod to Boba Fett. And then Boba Fett comes back, full force, yep. reclaims the armor, has a sidekick, joins Mando's team. Basically, is Mando's driver, the most badass character in the in the universe is now the chauffeur. <laughs> I loved this season. I loved it. I have a lot of mental gymnastics I've had to do with Boba Fett. I was gonna say it's kind of a thing for for you to be able to say that. That is that is that goes against a lot of hard and fast Connor rules. Well it's just it's just it's as you said, it's not Boba Fett. I mean it's just he doesn't look or sound anything like Boba Fett. And so I have to make a lot of amends in my head because it's so Nothing the show gets so good. to me as much as the fact that that's not his voice. Yeah. And I and right. I know that that's been his voice longer than it hasn't been. But yeah, they went back and redubbed it, which really annoys me. But yes, he, but in my mind, in my memory, in my emotional core, Boba Fett sounds one way. He's tall and lanky, and now he's like he's like Jeremy Brett was six feet. I think I think Tremor Morrison's like five nine or something. Like he's like this completely different body type. He's a short, stocky guy who would probably destroy Bear Jeremy Brett to fight. But still, he just doesn't look like Boba Fett, and then he doesn't sound anything like Boba Fett. So it's been a challenge because i love boba fett and it's just been like okay i guess that's boba fett it is tough because like it was was funny because when we're watching the the, when we're watching mandalorian when we saw him you know before the armor when we saw a scarred head or whatever and i like kind of gasped and my my wife was like oh because she knows nothing about any of this and i was like oh that's the guy who played Django fett and blah blah blah, i was explaining it and then when we saw boba fett's armor and then eventually when he got it all it was like she's like wait didn't he die in return of the jedi and so i had to explain all of that the sarlacc pit and all that that stuff and we it's been a joke among star wars fans since the 90s because you know they undid the star as soon as as soon as they could in the EU in the in the in the books, they undid the Boba Fett going yeah. to Sarlacc Pit. Yeah, the, not only in the comic books, but also in the in was it in Tales of the Bounty Hunters? They they told yes. the story of how they he did got it all it? over yeah. the place. They did it as soon as they could do it everywhere. They did it. Yeah, everywhere. so like Boba Fett is too cool of a character in order to in order to do that. So like so now the thing is is that and and it's going back to my twenty something friends at work who grew up on the comic books. They understand what the big deal was about Boba Fett in the show because they all thought Boba Fett was a joke. Because they they thought Boba Fett was this was this guy who didn't say anything and then fell into the hole in Jedi. Why is he a bad? And and so I'm trying to explain to him like, no, you don't understand. In the 80s, not saying anything was the coolest thing that could happen. Right. Right. And then and then we for for whatever reason because there's the action because of the 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 the, the lore design. of the action figure or whatever it was. Boba Fett was like Boba Fett and Wolverine were like the two coolest characters in the eighties. Yeah. Right. And they both suffered from the same mistake, which is you took the mystery away. Too much backstory. Always a better too much backstory. And they became uncool. And so now like given that all that all happened with the prequels, the fact that Boba Fett now is fat and wears a black tunic, you know, and like it, it is just wearing the armor. It's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's Boba Fett. It's slave one. Slave one's cool. I'll take it. For, but for a moment, Connor, I'm with you. And I was like, not my Boba Fett. And it was cool <laughs> to see him with the gaffy stick and beating the hell out of the stormtroopers. And it was like, hey, Boba yeah. Fett's awesome. But then it was just like, eh, it doesn't, doesn't look. And my, clicked, I got to tell you, my, my six-year-old was super into Slave One. He's like, what is that ship? And I was like, Slave I hear you, brother. Great. Slave One <laughs> is hear great. You. Yeah, I had to pause the show and explain to my wife. I'm like, you see, the street lamps by Lucasfilm, and I'm explaining the design. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I it, it's cool to see him, but then, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I struggle with it because I like the idea of Boba Fett being in this world, and then they cleaned up his armor and it looked weird. And yeah, the the repaint job was rough. I was like, Ugh, I don't did know. they take the dent out? I think they did. Uh, I think the dent is still there. Yeah, you kind of have to do that. But, but I mean, you're right. Like, the, you know, this is we see this in comics all the time. I believe Justin Timberlake said it in the social network. Like, you just not. It's cool right now. Just leave it. Right. You know, and they and they keep, you know, 
trying to explain it and trying to get more out of it and try to get more, you know, revenue streams out of it or whatever it is. They're making it not cool, but it was so cool. And now it's not, but it's in the thing that's so cool that it's cool. I mean, I buy more the Marshall as Boba Fett. You know, he looked more like tall, lanky Boba Fett guy. Real stretch putting Timothy Oliphant in a lawman role, (laughs) I think. And also somebody else from Deadwood was in that episode. I don't remember who it was. Playing yes. the bartender in the in the scene with him. Was it Jim Beaver? So then we move on to Ahsoka and the other Mandalorian characters. I don't really understand the whole internecine Mandalorian fight and all that stuff, but fine. It didn't bother me because I don't know anything about it. It was all right. new as far as I was concerned. Ahsoka was cool. I like the actors. She was great. And, and yeah, and Rosario Dawson is... Well, honest, more or less. Uh, uh, yeah, well, she'll, she's getting her own show, so yeah, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully she was good. <laughs> Grand Admiral Thrawn. Oh yeah, Thrawn is the thing, but it, I will say that the one thing I don't love, I I think Giancarlo Esposito is just so on the nose to do this that I I'm like he's just had somebody else that's more interesting, and I think they do that a couple times. You know, like Timothy Oliphant being that character is a little on the nose. It's just so you know, it's like typecasting those people to do the thing that they're most typecast about and they're doing that you know in a couple of places i think that was one thing i didn't love this season last season too although like last season when they bring in like Werner herzog that was like, that was just weird and i really <laughs> liked it for that whereas some of the other choices are just fair. i mean honestly having um starbuck is does she do the voice in the cartoon yep. she did yep. she did okay well yeah. there you go you know yeah. it, again it's a little a little on the nose having her play that kind of character, but not Ming Na though. Ming Na, Ming Na's do Ming Na is great. Ming Na is, is? is yeah, she's uh, she deserves a lot of credit. She's very very good at what she does. No, I thought I thought you know the use of guest stars and the use of uh, and what I did like about it was you know to your point with Bill Burr and, and this is that you had Mandalorian going from being on the solo quest to then you know adding Boba Fett and Ming Na and adding Cara Dune. The uh, the, the yeah, shock I, trooper from season one, who's now I, the marshal of of the town, right? You know, like they they had a, they had a cool little gang by the end of it. Like yeah, that was crew. Yeah, that was, that was that was that was cool, and it was like. And the thing was, is like I, I did hear a lot of criticism of it from people because like every episode was the same because every episode was a a sing like the whole story moved throughout the whole season, but every episode was a single heist. Or a single task that he had to do, but I liked that. Yeah, like that—that that was enjoyable to me. Like it was like, oh, this is what the challenge of this episode is. Okay, cool, they're going to do this, and that, you know, and it always goes sideways, and they got to figure it out what to do. And, and I mean, you know, I think like that could be a problem if it wasn't good, but it was good. Yeah, yeah. There's also only a few of them. It's like your twenty That's episodes true. of doing it. While we continue to to delay before the big climax thing, go staying on the Boba Fett topic, Connor, what did you think of the end credit sequence? I thought it was cool because. Boba's not a good guy. Right. You know, and the risk of fighting him with the Mandalorian is he turns into a good guy. But clearly he was doing what he was doing with the Mandalorian to fulfill his honor. And now he's, I mean, we don't know what he's going to do, that he's, take, he's taking over Jabba's empire. But he walks in and murders Bib Fortuna and takes over the empire. So that, yeah. that made sense to me. He's getting revenge. Take, does, oh, not the empire, but the... No, his Jabba's criminal empire. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah. I, I liked it. I thought it made sense. These are gray characters. These aren't Jedi. You know, this isn't right. Princess Leia. These are all characters that existed in the gray. Anyway, when the Mandalorian, we first meet him in the first season one, he's a bounty hunter who's who's going to turn in Baby Yoda. So he did. Made, right. So it. I liked it in terms of character stuff. It made sense to me Boba Fett would do that. Right. All right. So are you in for the uh, Boba Fett series then? I mean, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be grinding my teeth a little bit watching it, but. I did get worried that I was like, wait, is this what it is now? You know, like, I didn't want that. Oh, well, yeah, because there was all this confusion as to what happens with the Mandalorian, right? Because for a moment, a moment it seemed like the Mandalorian was done and it was just going to, and the next Mandalorian was going to be the Boba Fett show. Like, they they admittedly fumbled that because the timing of it was like, it was right around the Disney Investor Day and all these announcements of the new stuff coming from Star Wars, but they held this one back. And it was, that was very confusing. I I was like, what was the show over and now they're doing that? Because I don't want that. That's not going to make up for this. They would never do that. Their bread and butter is the baby. And the thing I'm worried about, is you have a very tight show with a very strong creative team behind it, and now you've yeah. got five shows. Well, and yeah, they're just not going to all be. A, they just can't. They won't all be as good as this show. Yep. 
maybe by some miracle they will be. That'll be awesome. But realistically speaking, they probably won't be. So that's right. the only concern is now you go from one show to what? Six shows? Uh, Soka's got a show. Boba's got a show. Bunch of, bunch of shows. got a show. Yep. And everybody, everybody gets a show. Everybody gets a show. Where's Carl Weathers' show? <laughs> I will say Carl Weathers, I mean, he did get to direct an episode, which is great. But I felt as if that was the only thing lacking from the season was that I didn't get enough Carl Weathers saying Mando. <laughs> I think I was good. <laughs> I love Carl Weathers' character. I'll have him I love episode. Carl Weathers. Oh, he's so good. He's so, so good. I do want to touch about the fact I did like the second to last episode a hell of a lot, like Josh said earlier with Bill Burr. I thought the scene where Mando basically had to take his mask off to not blow their cover was incredible. Yep. It was a real character growth moment, too, like in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. It's really interesting. I think Pedro Pascal is doing incredible work. He's great. Yeah, he's he, 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 yeah. We know it's not always him on screen. We know it's, it's usually just his voice, but... I was going to say it's him and the three other guys. Him and John Wayne's grandson and two other guys. Whatever the combination of people doing that character is great. And I thought that it was incredibly moving when he... Ha- you could see the pain on his face when he had to sit down and make small talk mm-hmm. with the Imperial officer and uh, yeah, how uncomfortable was he was. And I thought it was a terrific episode. I really did. Yeah. Neither of you have watched Narcos, I assume. No. No. He's so good in that show, and he, he actually narrates a lot of it, and it's very Henry Hill-like mm-hmm. in how he goes through it. So I'm very familiar with his voice, but when I first watched that show, like I think I'd sort of recognized him from something, but not really. But a huge standout in that in that show. I was like, that guy's great, and it's really cool to see you know him showing up in more things and succeeding in that way. But yeah, he's awesome. So for the final episode, you know, they released them at midnight in the Pacific time. I love the show. I'm not going to watch it at midnight. Yeah, I watch it when I can. I'm asleep. But you got to avoid social media. That's the But problem. you have to avoid not just social media because I'm not everything. You know, I, there was like three deadline articles that came out. One at yeah. like 1230 at night and then like nine o'clock in the morning. And so like you have to like just shut everything off. I ended up watching it like at like 11 a.m. because I, I usually like to watch it at night. You know, I don't yeah. want the light noise. I want to get the best picture. But there was clearly too much going on in the zeitgeist. I didn't want to get spoiled. And I didn't get spoiled. I, may, I didn't get spoiled at all, but I was really worried about it because, again, people are watching at midnight and talking about it, and I, you know, good for them, but I just can't, I can't do that. Let's walk through this. So, this is, it's called <laughs> The Rescue. Mando and his unit go to break out. Baby Yoda has been captured by Giancarlo Esposito, and who has the black saber, or whatever it is. The other thing I'll say is, I don't love the fact that this Beskar armor is, like, indestructible. Yeah, it's it's getting or yeah, it's 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 yeah. It's, it's like there's never any, never in any danger. Like the robots punching him in the face over and over and over again, and it's just like you yeah. know, it's just it's, it, the parts between it seem pretty. They should go for those parts. Yeah, shoot him in the ribs. It's yeah. not. Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but everything from his stomach down to his knees <laughs> is, is is exposed. Right. <laughs> so they're they're infiltrating this ship, and they have to fight the what are these troops? The dark. Troops, the dark troopers. Uh, dark, troop. dark, dark troopers, yeah, which is from the video game. Yeah, yeah. A coworker of mine was fucking overjoyed about that, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it leads I to a uh, classic standoff where they're trapped in the bridge with Giancarlo Esposito as their as their prisoner, as these dark troops who they thought they had jettisoned off the ship return because they're not human and they've got propulsion. Like R2-D2, they have, <laughs> they have jets. <laughs> so they come back to the ship and there's like a very horror-esque moment where they're, they're, you know, they're pounding their way through the door to get in and they're sort of prepared to make their last, sequence, their last stand. It's yeah. a great sequence. I've watched it several times. So I'm watching it and then they're like, oh, an alert. Is, there's an alert. There's a ship coming and they see an X-Wing come. And my first thought, I had many thoughts that happened like in, within picoseconds. It was like, oh, it's those... Those chubby dudes. Those yep. rebel soldiers. Well, that's weird. And then it was, oh, maybe it's Ahsoka, or maybe it's one of the other Jedi. And then yep. immediately I went, no. So as soon as the shot of the X-Wing came in and it, like, banked, yeah. I might have squealed and said, no way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I stuck with no way for a lot. I said, there's, there's, because I thought, I was like, well, they're fucking with us. <laughs> right. And then, and then as it goes on further and further, I was like, oh, they're really... Waiting to yank the rug out from under me right now. I'm not going to fall for this. It's going to be Ben Skywalker or whoever. You know, like, it's not going to be what I think. And I was wrong. (laughs) So So at what point did you admit that this is what was happening? When he he got off and he was wearing the cloak when he got out of the ship. It was even about halfway through with the green, like... Because I'm like, oh, it could be someone with a green lightsaber. Like, I kept on, on, like, convincing myself it wasn't happening. 
until I, the shot of him holding the lightsaber and you saw it was it was Luke's. That was my moment. That was yeah, because was, yeah. Like it, I, it was very clear, like where those kind of nerds were and where the age where I was like, that's Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. <laughs> like I, I knew that much, you know, like that is Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. That's the right color. That's his belt. Yep. You know, I thought there's no way they're going to. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get cool. the We get the Luke Skywalker that we never got to get. Yep. And frankly, for me, makes up for the last Jedi. Yep. We got. Luke at his prime, taking out an entire shipload of dark troops, and it was glorious. And then it became, are they just going to hide his face the whole time? Like, is it, what are they going to do now? And then, you know, he takes the hood off, and it's... What I love is that they, they, just, they just went for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really funny, because a couple of weeks before that, I had, I had the random thought idly one day, like, I wonder, you know, like, I'm sure Mark Hamill would do the show. Like, Of course. You yeah. know, like, so I was like, I wonder if they're ever going to... You know, I just it was one of those you know, moments that fleets through your head and leaves. But, but so. really, if if you had said it, I would have not have believed it though. Mm-hmm. Like I just wouldn't think it would get to that point. So it was very surprising in that way. And I, and I would say that the the feeling that I had, you know, I'm not made of stone. <laughs> no. But I said, oh, this is this is the best Star Wars feeling I've had since I saw the trailer for the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Because really? we didn't know at that point. But that was, and then before I, that. I would have said A3. for the for the Force Awakens with the. I mean, we all weeped for that in that trailer. When yeah, I mean, yeah. I, we, I, yeah. we all did. Yeah, but it, like that was like, oh, this is a new thing and that's cool. And I know this, but after all that, when we didn't really get what we want, like the movie was good and whatever, and and I enjoyed it and it, it was great, but it wasn't that deep. Chewie, we're home. Like. That was we all started crying in that trailer. Yeah. Don't deny it. We did a whole segment on the on the podcast. It, I'm telling it. you, this was more intense than that, though. Okay. No, yeah. I'm not saying it was. This was. I don't think I breathed through the whole sequence. Yeah, I watched it several times. I want to go watch it now after we talk about it. It was. It was a lot. It was a lot to take in. I was. I felt very tense. I was squeezing the couch. I was squeezing my wife. I was like, I was, I was <laughs> it was very like. And and here's the thing. Like since then, like I've talked to some friends who are cynical or whatever, and like. Oh God! You know, like a, somebody did a deep fake version on YouTube that looked better than that. Uh, or whatever. Like, guess what? Nope, I don't care. It was fine. <laughs> Do an entire Luke Skywalker TV show like this, and I'll watch it. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred right. <laughs> and he was like, you know, he's down. He's yeah. with it. So <laughs> well, this, this, no now what's now what's interesting is the conversation we, that we had in our house was was she's like, well, they can't take baby Yoda away. That's the always don't watch this show. Like they're not taking him away. Cause that's the, it's the marketing bonanza of a, of a generation. Yeah. So how did they get, cause you know, the show ends with Luke and R2 taking baby Yoda away to go train or whatever they're going to do with him. So they're going to get have to get him back in the story. Cause then Mando's going off with the other Mandalorians to Mandalore to do Mandalorian stuff. So how yeah. do they leave it back together again? Cause there's no way they're going to separate them. That's the entire point of the show. They're not going to have Luke be a regular character. I don't think. I don't think you can keep pulling this lever all the time. Yeah, well, it, I, I don't think it, they can afford to. I think no. they paid. Didn't they pay Hamill like four million dollars for that or something like that? It was like something know. insane. Yeah. The question really? is how do they, how do they get them back together? Like how does it? You know, that's the exciting part of the next season. But you know, they're not going to remove Baby Yoda from the show. Baby Yoda's made this show. Yep. That's a good question. I I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. I don't know how they. Do it. Yeah. It's interesting. But I'm going to watch the hell out of it. <laughs> Are you going to watch all the spinoffs? Yeah, uh, well, um, there's wow, a there's a question. real danger. It's, I mean, it's the same thing as the danger with everything. Like, there's too many movies. There's too many whatever. Yeah. And I'll well, check them out. But but there's a real problem of dilution that, here's that the, can happen. Yeah, it's like here's the thing. I don't have any investment in Ashoka. You know, like I like I I know I know the character. I know mm-hmm. from 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 the the cartoon. I know that she's beloved, and I like Rosario Dawson and stuff like that. But I don't have an emotional connection and i feel in like mandalorian was great because nobody had an emotional connection we were all we were all starting from the same point right, right. it's tough i don't know it's tough well, i think it's one of those things where like a new show even if it's pretty good you know well it's pretty good it doesn't yeah. it might not be as compelling and i think it's got it you know it'll be it'll be like well you know it was pretty good i'm not really drawn to watch it we'll see whether you want to or not you know right. but i, I don't, i'm not going to just watch them all as rote just because I'm supposed to, or, you know, cause they're all, well, you gotta watch all of them. Right. You know, it's like reading every comic Marvel comes out with you. You wouldn't really do it. Do we know if Rangers of the new Republic is about the, or who it's about or what it's about? 
Yeah, they, they, hang on. There's a synopsis. Well, there's so you have Book of Boba Fett. You have Ahsoka. Here, hang on. Here we go. Strange is the New Republic. Set within the timeline of The Mandalorian, the new live-action series from Favreau and Filoni will intersect with future stories and culminate into a climatic story event. Oh, they're all going to cross over at the end. It's going to be like the, yeah, the, the Marvel gonna... shows. On That's Netflix. not good. Yep. So it's going to be it's 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 going to be the guys in the in the X wings, right? So I mean, the the problem here is also that you know you don't want those showrunners to get too stressed out, so right, they're not able concern, to yeah. concentrate on making the one thing really good. Like that's a real that's a real problem. Yeah, we see it in comics all the time. Yep. But at the same time, like if all you end up are these two great seasons and everything after that sort of fizzles out or gets too you know diluted, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like the idea, like trying to hold up that everything else will feel like this or you know be like this. It's probably unrealistic. So I'm, I guess I'm tempering my expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, Tamora Morrison could have been Dengar. Could it yeah. look look like a great Dengar? And I don't what know. Are, what De- what are the I don't odds? know what Dengar sounds like. I was gonna say, what are the odds that Dengar's like? How many how many years after Jedi does Dengar survive? <laughs> because he was in rough shape already. Yeah, it's hard, right. That's Dengar was not taking care of himself. Swoop bike accident. Yeah. He drinks too much and crashes it. Oh, God. I love Dengar. <laughs> so, But you love Dengar because there's nothing to it. Nothing to it. Because you can make it all up in your head. Like, other can, than like, are those are those bandages? Like what? Go. Yeah, like 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 it's done in a way that's mysterious. It's like, by the time you've by the time you've even had your thought about it, they've moved on. I guess I'll right. never see Dengar again. <laughs> exactly. You'll be left wondering. There's a real mystery to that that I think that we underestimate. No, it's it allows you, especially as a kid, to create this whole world in your yep. imagination, and that increases your love for it, your emotional connection to it. It's not the same as making the story in your head so that you get angry and they don't tell that story. But it's, it's about creating this emotional connection to the world by filling in the backstory. Yep. Not finding out his name is John Howlett or whatever the fuck it was. Or <laughs> James, John, James, James, James Howlett. Howlett. John you know, D. Engar. It's just, it's not as, whenever you fill in the holes, it's never as good as, just leave never it. the same. Just leave it. I'm going to sample all of the new shows. There's no way I'm not going to. Does that mean I'm going to watch everyone? Not necessarily. But I'm going to sample all of them. Of course, I, I don't do. think it'll be clear right away. Like, I mean, some of you might like or not like, but you don't know which ones are going to have staying power. Right. right. Josh, are you going to watch them all? I don't know. Not necessarily. I'll see. But there's also a certain point where there's just there's too much. You know, mm-hmm. like if there's too many things, I can't, I won't be able to keep up. And then I'll hear later whether one's really good or not good or, you know, we'll go from there. I'm really only interested in seeing further Mandalorian stuff right now. Other than that. You know, I could take it or leave it. The greater Mandalorian so, story, or just the story of of Din? No, just Djarin. the main, the core, the core series. Jin Djarin. Yeah, the Jar Djarin. Here's the question, though: Is that you know, is the genie out of the bottle in terms of these? You know, the CGI. Like, will we see Han Solo no. pop up in the Cassian Rogue One guy series? You know what I mean? Like. Like, like the the thing about this is, is that having Luke come in in the way he did is a big swing. Yeah, and it worked. And it worked. And if they do that too often, it will work against them. That's what I mean. You can only pull that lever so many times. It's right. it's an emotional lever, and you can't keep pulling it. After a while, it's like it's like the rats touching the electric. Th- after a while, they just don't you won't feel it anymore because it's just like oh here's Luke again. Mm-hmm. Right. Then again, like Ron said, if they made a Luke show, I'd, I'd, I'd be excited for it. So I don't know. I don't. I don't It'd be really hard for that not to be disappointing, though. Yeah. All I can say is that this is all really confusing and emotional. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I do feel like I'm being toyed sometimes with. Toyed with. But you know what was great was that, other than the outliers that maybe Ron mentioned earlier, like for the most part, everyone was really excited. Yeah. By the no, show was- and by the episode and by the Luke stuff, like. It was like for the one brief shining moment within Star Wars culture, all the fandoms could hold hands and say this was awesome. Everybody was on the same page in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Which is we, nice. We can get back to our, our warring camps later. But for this moment, it's like, you know, World War One and Christmas and the soldiers put their guns down and sing carols. Like this is the moment we had with everybody on December 18th. It was yeah. nice. It was really great. Pretty nice. Yeah. It's a good point. You know, it was nice. I'm glad you weren't spoiled, Josh, because at one point you thought you were spoiled, and Ron and I were very worried, but then it turns out you weren't spoiled. I can't remember what I saw that made me think I was spoiled, but it wasn't that. Yeah, I was too. I, I think I 
went out of my way to watch it as early as possible that day. So I was just sitting here at my desk with it on, you know, one of my monitors and watching it. Yeah, I totally watched it at lunch break on Friday. I was like, damn it, I have to watch this right now. Yeah, no, what's really great is that I do have those young staffers who wake up at 3 a.m. and watch it, and then they I wake up to a Slack saying, stay off social media today, <laughs> which is hard because that's like my job, too. But, it's just, <laughs> but it is it is nice to have them look out for me in that regard. <laughs> is there anything that could get you to stay up to midnight to watch it? Not, 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 not these days. <laughs> oh, I could do that. I just wouldn't be doing that at midnight. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm usually asleep by then. All right. So that was The Mandalorian season two. I thought it was terrific. I really liked it. I liked it a lot. It was great. I'd like to rewatch it. I love that there's not long episodes. So I could rewatch it. It wouldn't take me a long time. And what they've got going, this weird alchemy between Pedro Pascal and the baby and Dave Filoni and John Favreau is working. It's working. I thought you said something about Weird Al for a second. I thought that would make mm-hmm. this better. <laughs> Maybe he'll show up. He's, I mean, what do we think about um, Amy Sedaris? I think she's great. I enjoy it. Yeah, I could take it or leave it. <laughs> All right, so that was Mandalorian. This is the Media Explode. Uh, you can go to ifanboy.com. There'll be a post for the show if you want to talk about uh, what you thought of Mandalorian Season 2. And we will be back next month to talk about something else. In the meantime, we have our weekly Pick of the Week show, which Josh and I talk about the week's comics. We have our special edition shows. We have our talk explodes, in which Josh is a music creator. Our book explodes, in which we talk about uh, single, single books. We have all kinds of shows at ifanboy.com. You can find them all there. Ren Ron, where are you found? I can go find me on Twitter and on Instagram at RonXO. And you can also hear me every week if you're into Android uh, on All About Android podcasts from the Twit Network. Uh, just Google that. You'll find it. All right. And until next time, I am Connor. I'm Ron. And I'm Josh. This is the way. <laughs> We're on the way home.